The Paso County DEC is providing this podcast as a public service in order to let you know more about the issues and ideas which Democrats have identified as being very important for voters and also to provide a forum for Democratic candidates for office. Our podcasts are open to anyone interested in how Pasco Democrats are dealing with the important issues of the day. You can check out our PascoDems.com website and also on Facebook, Pasco Dems, and the views expressed by the guests and hosts on our podcast are their own. And not the official views of the Pasco County Democratic Party or Democratic Executive Committee. And today our guest is Beverly Ledbetter. Uh, Bev is on a couple of times further in the past, but what I want to do is give her a chance to talk about the things she's involved in all the time in terms of uh, education, both here in Pasco and at the state level, and also some of the things that uh, have been done to recognize uh, her achievements over the past many years. So first of all, Bev, welcome, and tell me what you're doing on an average daily, weekly, monthly basis for Pasco education and state education, and also tell me about the awards you've received. All right, well, thank you for having me on again. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I suppose the one thing that I do on a daily, weekly basis is that when I retired after 36 years in the Pasco County school system as a social studies teacher, I began working as an adjunct professor at St. Leo University, and I love it. I get the opportunity to work with people who wish to become teachers. Uh, I'm also a university supervisor, so I'm out in the school supervising student teachers, and it's just a, a privilege to work with them and help them on their journey to become the teacher that they wish to be. So that's my daily kind of job. Uh, Additionally to that, I am the state secretary for the Democratic Public Education Caucus. We will be having a meeting this week, a general meeting. I also helped found, and I didn't want to take the presidency or the vice presidency, so I am the secretary for the PASCO Democratic Public Education Caucus. Uh, I'm involved with um, United School Employees of Pasco Retired. I was a former president of the teachers union when I was a, a teacher in Pasco County. And last week I was at the FEA delegate assembly. Michael and I both worked the elections and credentials. That was exciting, that committee. But I was really surprised. Uh, you were talking about awards. I was really surprised. I was called from my, my duties downstairs, uh, checking people in, to go up to the FEA retirees group, and I received an award, um, the FEA Retired Activist Award, and that I was very honored and very surprised to receive that. But I suppose of uh, the awards that I have received, the one that really means a great deal to me because I think it kind of sums up a great deal of what I do, and that was when I received the state's Human and Civil Rights uh, leadership award. That was really, truly an, an honor uh, to think about the impact that I've had on, on people here in Pasco County. Well, good. And by the way, I want to ask you a quick question because Democrats are very concerned about education. It's one of the major issues in Florida as well as here locally. Uh, but your experience now with uh, young people wanting to become teachers, have you noticed any changes in the last few years as to um, the motivation for these young people to become teachers? The motivation for people 
to become a teacher is the same as what probably motivated you and I, and that is the desire to make a difference. I, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said that elementary teachers go into education because they love children. And secondary teachers go in because they love their subject matter, and they want other people to become excited about the subject area. And I got to thinking about that. And I think there's an element of truth in that. Uh, although secondary teachers certainly do love students. And secondary teachers certainly do love their students and they do love their subject area and, and want students to become excited about that. Okay, good. And now, let's see, let's talk about uh, democratic issues and what's happening on the, on the political front here in Pasco County in particular. Any thoughts and ideas that you have for us to consider? I think the big news is what happened in the school board race, District 1, with James Washington. Mm -hmm. As most people who are listening to your podcast, because they are politically astute, know that Mr. Meisman, who lost, came in third in, in the primary in August, he filed suit against uh, Al Hernandez and James Washington, claiming that they did not live in the district. According to Florida statute, you must live in the district that you are running for for the school board at the time of qualification. Mr. Washington did. He moved in in April and he, uh, he was dismissed from the suit. But Mr. Hernandez, through his own testimony, stated that he did not live in that house at the time of qualifying that he didn't move in until July. So the judge threw you know ruled that he was disqualified because he did not live in the district at the time. That your intention was good, but there's more to residency than just thinking about living in the district. So she was very blunt. Uh, judge Bartha was very blunt on what she had to say. Well Hernandez filed for an emergency stay because part of her original order stated that he was disqualified, removed from the ballot, and that the supervisor of election had to post in every uh, polling place, every polling booth, a notice that one of the, the candidates had been disqualified, and therefore the other candidate was declared the winner, and that your votes in that race would not be made public. Well, Hernandez filed an emergency stay, and the judge just decimated him. It's one of those drop the mic moments. Yeah, she just stayed at point blank. You didn't live in that house. You didn't sleep in that house. You were not there. You admitted it into discussion. It stays. We're we're not we're not going there. Uh, you you're off the ballot. So I think that's the, the, the news. I think James Washington is still incredulous over it as well. Yeah. But that's an exciting moment for us that the Republicans didn't get away with it. Um, mm -hmm. Mr. Hernandez clearly lived in Trinity, not in Zephyr Hills. Right. And for all practical purposes, we can assume that James Washington has been elected to school board, right? Correct. Okay. And uh, presumably there's not going to be any last-ditch effort by Republicans to do something. All right, so let's turn our attention now to, um, well, first of all, let's say, let's talk about issues in public education here in Pasco as well as in the state. What are the main issues from your point of view, Beverly, given your experience? Well, 
the, the main issue and the biggest problem that public education is facing is the, the lack of teachers. You are losing teachers. People are not going into the education field, both of those combinations. And that's the biggest concern because so many of our classrooms are being filled by, by substitutes. And bless them, but they're not a teacher. Um, it's putting a burden on teachers who are in that field to have to make lesson plans for someone who does not know how to do lesson plans, help them with discipline, help them with grading. Uh, it's putting, it's really causing a burnout. And, and the veteran teachers are, are very discouraged over this. Um, from my viewpoint as a um, professor at St. Leo University, I can say that one of the big problems is the general education test that mm -hmm. only education majors have to take. And, and this is unfair. Uh, you know that if, if you haven't had math in a couple of years, you forget higher order math. Sure. And the students are, are not passing the math portion. That is the, the, the biggest problem. So not passing it. Uh, you haven't had a, a class in math since your freshman year of college and now you're a junior or senior and you don't remember all of those you know tricky formulas <laughs> and things like that that's a burden because if you're going to teach math you've got to pass the math subject area mm -hmm. if you're going to teach social studies you're not doing geometry in your class right. uh, so that, that's a problem. And I think that really affects our students because our students are being held accountable for test scores. And when you have someone who is not a qualified, certified teacher in the classroom, that hurts their education. So down the road is where I see we're going to have a lot of problems showing up. Yeah, and I was as you were talking about that as an English teacher, I think other than being able to add up test scores to come up with an average, you know, for the semester uh, and counting books, that was about the only math I had to do in all those years as an English teacher. Um, but what can be done in terms of solving that kind of an issue? I mean, who's in charge, so to speak, of education in the state of Florida as well as here in Pasco? Well, right now, it seems to be, according to DeSantis, it's the parents. Uh, that's another whole issue. But for this GK and, and those types of things, those rules are made by the legislature. They will make a statement, and then it's up to the Florida Department of Education to come up with how to implement something. Uh -huh. uh, and, and that's problematic in that Charlie Crist actually was the last elected uh, commissioner of education that we had in the state of Florida. The governor now appoints the commissioner of education, so it's not an elected position. Right. And that's a good thing to remember, you know, certainly in terms of Christ, I think his attitude towards education um, is very, very positive. And, and certainly in terms of what DeSantis has been, has been doing to Florida education, it, it is something that we always, I think, as teachers in the past were concerned about. And that is, you know, you, you try to teach students to have an open mind towards things and come up with ways to help them ascertain what's a thing to believe and what's not to believe. And uh, I, what's happening, I think, at this point with DeSantis is we're saying he's going to try to create a series of educational issues that only center on one thing, which is to say Republicans are good, this is the way you're going to view history, and this is the way it is, and anything else that you're not to consider. 
Exactly. I uh, I was curious, and I, I was in a civics class, and so I pulled out the civics textbook to read what they had to say about the Democratic and the Republican Party. And it's really interesting to note that the Republican Party is the party of freedom, and they don't believe in government interference in your personal life. And I'm like... <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> ask me. Ask any woman. That exactly. Question. That's yeah. when you should teach students the meaning of the word irony. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's for sure. What else do we have as issues coming up here in terms of Pasco and the state? Well, of course, if you're talking about uh, large scale. Uh, the insurance crisis, and that's going to get even worse after we've ha- had the the hurricane come through. Mm-hmm. Um, so insurance prices are, are people are going to be seeing that. That of course, those rates are all set by um, the the government, by the state, and those are all appointees by the the governor. That's why the the gubernatorial race is so important. And we know that in the last session, when there were some problems already coming up with um, with insurance. Mm-hmm. That that the Republicans kicked the can and all they did was talk about culture wars right. because they feel like they can win on that. They, they have no solutions for problems such as the insurance and affordable housing. You know, pocketbook issues are the issues in Pasco County. That's what people are concerned about. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's identify, you know, it may sound like a, a silly thing to ask, but let's identify pocketbook issues. What do we really mean by that? Pocketbook issues are the issues that you see because you're reaching into your pocket to pay for them. You're reaching into your pocket to pay for gasoline at the pumps. You know, we, during the time that gasoline was approaching $5 a gallon, Mm -hmm. our legislature said, hmm, let's reduce the taxes in October before the election. Right. Uh, so it didn't really help anyone there. Right. Another pocketbook issue is that you're reaching into your pocket to pay for housing and affordable housing. And anybody in Pasco County who drives around and sees all these construction areas and de- subdivisions being built, you see the signs being changed from the you know low 500s. You know, we don't yeah. have the jobs in Pasco County to sustain that the monthly payments on houses like that. Right. Um, so I wonder where, you know, how are people paying for these types of things? Groceries are going up. That's another pocketbook issue. These are things that you, you can see. Um, so I, I think that's where the Democrats need to step up and say, if you're not happy, let's look at what's going on. Right. 22 years of Republican control. Isn't it time for a change? Right. I agree. And I think, you know, one of the things that uh, that, that bothers me as a citizen uh, here in Pasco is that I think that there's, you know, it's unfortunate that we have such a lack of news, local news papers. Uh, everything is now, you know, you've got uh, two or three papers that can't really give an awful lot of uh, information out there for clubs and activities and that sort of thing because they just aren't bringing in the advertising dollars. And so, therefore, I think we have a, a population that is nowhere near as uh, aware of things as they could be if we had good, solid news coverage. You know, and I really lay some fault on the Tampa Bay Times for that. They used to put out and send out and have copies available of their their candidate booklets. Know the candidates. Mm-hmm. I used to use it in, in my classroom. They don't even in, 
they don't do that. They don't publicize it. I mean, I remember seeing them in libraries and places like this where people could pick them up. Um, additionally, they really abdicated and left out Hernando and, and Pasco counties. Mm -hmm. They don't even endorse our, our state candidates, much less our local candidates. Right. So people don't even get that. And also like Bay News 9. Uh, I remember at one point they used to have a, a day where they had different counties come in and they had a little mini debate or a chance for yep. the candidates to speak. So we're really, you're, you're correct. We are in an information desert. Yeah. Now, okay, let's take it as we end this uh, particular podcast today. I want to give you a chance to really talk about anything you want to talk about. Um, it doesn't have to be in education. Uh, it doesn't have to be in politics. But anything you'd like to uh, have our listeners um, hear, particularly now that we only have about three weeks left before the election. Well, then I'd like to do a call to action. And this is something that every listener, every person can do. This election is important. It is very important. Uh, I think that what we can do, even though we think we are in a red county and there are more red counties in, in Florida than there are blue counties, we cannot depend upon those blue counties to pull us through. So I think for every person who's listening here, go on the Facebook pages of the candidates. Like, comment, respond, and share because you have a sphere of influence. You can influence people to take and vote. Um, so I think that is important. If we can improve our turnout uh, for the Democrats by 5% in each one of those red counties, we can win statewide every time. Mm -hmm. uh, we just need to get close. We don't have to win the county, but we've got to get close in these statewide races. Right. I remember a long time ago, there was, I forgot which politician it was, that came up with the idea that if anybody, no matter where you lived, if you just went out and tried to get 50 votes uh, to vote in, your, in the favor of your party, you could have a tremendous influence in the elections throughout the United States. And I've always thought that, that was a, a, a good idea to do. Anyway, I want to thank you, Beverly. If there's anything else you'd like to say before we end this, uh, go ahead. One last thing. In this environment that we live in today, the one poem that keeps coming up to, to me over and over again as I hear what the Republicans are, are doing, and that is the poem that, um, that deals with First They Came For by the German pastor. Mm -hmm. First came for the communist, and I didn't say anything because I wasn't a communist. Well, first they came for the LGBTQ, right. and I didn't say anything because I wasn't. Mm -hmm. They came for the unions. They came for the women. And eventually, I want people to remember that they will come for you, and there will be no one left to speak for you. Right. So we need to speak up. That's, I thank you. That's a very good way to end this today. Thank you very much, Beverly. And again, I'm sure we'll talk to you after the election and, and do a, a thing at that point. So uh, have a good rest of the day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much. Right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Yeah.